Hello, my name's Iggy Tan. I'm the Group Managing Director of uh, Alltech Batteries Limited. And our, our main project is basically the Serenergy battery project based in Germany, essentially an alternative to the lithium ion battery using common table salt uh, and nickel metal powder. So very exciting technology, as well as the Solumina Anode project, which essentially uh, incorporates silicon in lithium ion batteries to increase the capacity of these batteries. Iggy. Thank you very much for the introduction. Um, uh, great to get the the recap of the two kind of main products and the two um, uh, the, the, the the two kind of lines of the company, the two streams of the company. Um, let we will get into them, but uh, I perhaps at kind of a, a top level bit of news is that you've raised uh, some money. You've refinanced the company. Um, very difficult markets out there. Uh, you've raised just under sixteen million dollars. 16 million Aussie dollars. Um, can you tell me about how that process was in this market and who you raised the money with? Yeah, so you're correct. We, we raised 15.8 million uh, recently. Uh, that incorporates a, a placement uh, as well as a rights issue involving our shareholders. But the most important thing is that our major shareholder, a uh, the Deutsche Balaton Group, uh, underwrote the, uh, the the rights issue uh, to the value of the seven and a half million. So we had very good support, uh, considering the the market um, is very difficult. We managed to raise fifteen point eight million, which now allows us to carry on with both of those projects, the uh, Serenergy project as well as the Solumina Anode project. On the Serenergy, we are looking to finalise the DFS very shortly. Uh, and uh, uh, the we will be announcing the results of that. Uh, but we're also very focused on getting some uh, offtake for the the first uh, the five years of these hundred megawatt plant that we're going to build in Saxony, Germany. So uh, looking forward to some very exciting news down the track. Um, thank you. The um, in in terms of the kind of the underwritten uh, placement. Your major shareholder, Deutsche. Sorry, um, what was the name again? And and what's their new, what's their kind of their percentage ownership now? Yeah, Deutsche Balaton. The, they're a twenty point three eight percent shareholder of our company, and they have been a long term supporter of of the company, and uh, really see the value of both the Serenergy battery project as well as the Solimina uh, Anode project, particularly uh, the impact in uh, Europe uh, where we're targeting the grid storage battery sector. And did you get other um, European investors or is it kind of, uh, you know, where did the rest of the money come from? Was it Australia or was it kind of a, a European uh, uh, flavor to it? Yeah, mainly Australia. So we, we had a placement, uh, a total placement of, of around uh, 5 million. Uh, so they came really from Australian investors. Good. Let's flip now to the Solumina um uh, the the Solumina anode um, plant. Um, as I understand it, you were completing a pilot plant uh, in Q3, and we're just into Q4. So I just wonder, could you kind of give me an update? Well, the, the aim was to complete it in Q Q3. So, kind of where where are you and on on that pilot plant? Yeah, it was around Q4 that we were targeting to. to so we are now in the final stages of installing the calcina. 
the first part of the pilot plan has already been commissioned and uh, and we're now uh, waiting for the calciner to be installed and then we will then crank the, the whole pilot plan up uh, and to be able to start producing some commercial samples of uh, this salumina anode material. Just to remind you what that is, is we basically take graphite material, we coat it with hypruny alumina, we also take silicon material and coat it with high-purity alumina, and we incorporate that into our product, which we call salumina anode. By incorporating silicon in graphite, we can increase the capacity of graphite manifold. Uh, and, and the reason we our technology is important is because if you just include metallurgical silicon in the lithium-ion batteries, they tend to expand 300% in volume, and they tend to disintegrate. But uh, we found that using a high-purity alumina technology, we can coat the graphite, and somehow it uh, contains that expansion, and it allows the, the silicon to work in these lithium batteries. Silicon has 10 times the capacity to hold lithium ions. So uh, if you can incorporate silicon lithium batteries, it increases the density of the batteries dramatically. And our technology seems to work. We are now getting this pilot plan to be uh, in production so that we can produce some commercial samples to our uh, prospective customers. They, they're waiting for these samples so that they can start the, their qualification process. I, I seem to recall that it was the kind of that fracturing, the expansion, the contraction that caused the fracturing uh, and the alumina coating kind of annealed or heals or prevents the fracturing so you can yeah. uh, recharge and recharge and recharge without losing the capacity. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and I think we announced that uh, by incorporating the silicon, we, we can produce batteries that are, you know, 30% higher energy density. So very exciting uh, area. And the industry is waiting for some of our commercial samples so they can get on with uh, the the qualification process. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to be producing about 120 kilograms per day. Is that the kind of the planned output? Or is that just the, the nominal yes. capacity? Yes, that's that's correct. So uh, 120 kilos a day. Um, and essentially, that forms also the basis for the DFS. Uh, as you know, we completed a pre-feasibility study on the Salumina anode project. We're now uh, very close to finalizing a definitive feasibility study. Uh, we, we have the land available. We've now completed the, uh, the whole design of that planned uh, layout on site, and we are now in the process of getting the permits. So we are working um, through the local authorities for the permitting and environmental uh, approval process. When I when I rootle around at the back of your news releases and your presentation, um, I come I read phrases like three D printing of silicon carbide linings and you know high tech kind of processes. And I, th yeah. I think you've also changed or updated your design on the basis of what you've learned already from the pilot plant. So um, I guess my question is: Is this uh, very sensitive engineering and does the high-tech nature of it mean that it's all really expensive and has the scope changed and you know are the numbers going to change a lot um in this dfs 
Yeah, the basic design hasn't changed. Um, when we talk about um, printing of silicon carbide, uh, we we have to have these linings in the the calciner, uh, and essentially um, that's how they're made today with uh, printing. Uh, and uh, we we are working with a, a, a European supply for that. And um, but uh, you know we're looking forward to getting this pilot plan up and running and. Uh, really delivering some of these commercial samples to 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 our potential customers let's say it gets completed the pilot part completed this year and you'll will you be able to get some samples out to customers this year or is that something that will and what's the turnaround time before you kind of get the feedback from them um so generally the qualification process is also quite a lengthy process but uh, the the main point is to to get those samples so they can uh, start their their qualification process we are talking to uh, very big groups at the moment that are very interested. Uh, we've, we've signed NDAs. Uh, unfortunately, we can't announce the names of them, but they are very big uh, companies that are, are looking to uh, produce these batteries for the EV industry. So, uh, but as we as we progress, we will uh, will be in a position to announce some of these partners that we are sort of working on at the moment have you had interest um ex china you know because of the kind of the polarization of the kind of politics global politics at the moment generally the the companies that are working uh with are uh, european companies are uh, in the battery space or the ev space so uh they're very big companies so very very um, and, and that's what we're focusing on. The European market is, is where our market is going to be. So that's the Salumina cathode. And when you say the qualification process is lengthy, I mean, are you talking six months or a year or two? I mean, uh, uh, might we expect? Uh, and and do you need that? Sorry, I'm asking lots of questions. I should just ask one. Um, let's stick with that. You know, what's the what, when you say lengthy qualification process? What do you mean? Well, it generally takes about 12 months, but that doesn't mean that we have to wait uh, that period of time before we can uh, look at funding of the project. So we will move from a DFS straight to looking at the funding of the project uh, and, as I mentioned, permitting. And uh, if we're subject to funding and finance, we can actually start building these, these this Salumina Anode project. So it, it doesn't mean that we have to wait for that period of time. That qualification process can happen while we're building the project as well. So generally, it takes about eighteen months to twelve to twenty-four months to build these plans, uh, and and we're looking at maybe having product out by the back end of twenty twenty-six. On on the basis of that back end of twenty twenty-six, that means you'd like to get the feasibility done as soon as possible and the financing done in the first half of next year. Yeah, absolutely. We're not very far away from uh, completing the DFS. And then we've already been talking to uh, a lot of banks in Europe. Uh, we're looking at grants. Uh, as you know, the EU is uh, very interested in uh, supporting the projects like these. Uh, as I mentioned before, we have a Greens uh, accreditation because essentially our Salumina anode plant uh, reduces the carbon footprint of batteries uh, and and also because we use renewable energy on our plant. We have a Greens accreditation from uh, CISORA out of Norway. One of the leading firms that uh, accredit projects is uh, 
with green statuses. Good. Now, when I last spoke to Mark, I kind of got the f- impression that the Salumina cathode was almost being overtaken by the Serenergy uh, grid storage solution. Um, and you're also aiming to produce a feasibility study for Serenergy in Q4 as well, aren't you? About this time last year, we um, embarked on a joint venture with the Fraunhofer Group out of Germany. And they have been developing the, the Serenergy battery uh, over eight years, and they've nearly spent about 35 million euros developing this technology. Essentially, it's a salt battery uh, using solid-state technology. So essentially, it's a ceramic tube filled with salt and nickel metal powder. Uh, it sits in a metal canister. There's a positive probe and a negative probe. And basically, the battery works. Uh, when you charge the battery, the sodium ions migrate through the uh, solid state medium, uh, forms molten sodium on the other side, and then when you discharge it, the molten sodium uh, dissolves and it, um, the sodium ions migrate back, grabs the chloride and becomes salt again. So that's why uh, it's called a sodium chloride solid state battery. Now, one of the important things about, and what we got excited about this technology is that I'm sure you know some of the challenges of lithium-ion batteries with battery fires and so on. Um, there's some real concerns out there with uh, lithium battery fire. Our battery is virtually fireproof. Uh, the other benefits is that we can operate in very cold climates and hot desert conditions. Uh, and also the battery has nearly doubled the life of a lithium battery. So those are very important benefits of the battery. The most important benefit is that we don't use some of the critical minerals that the lithium-ion battery uses. For example, lithium. We we use common table salt. Uh, we don't have any copper in our batteries. Uh, as you know, there is a, a copper crunch where there's not enough mines coming on board to even meet the demand for the EV industry on copper. Uh, graphite, we don't have a graphite in our battery. Uh, as you know, 90% of graphite comes from China, and uh, it represents a geopolitical risk for the lithium-ion battery industry. We don't have manganese, we don't have cobalt, uh, and so on. So because we don't have those critical minerals, uh, we, we are going to be a much cheaper battery, and we don't rely on the critical minerals where we've seen price rises of lithium you know, two to threefold in the last... Uh, you know, in the last two or three years. So that's why we got excited about the technology, and that's why uh, we we signed up a joint venture agreement with Fraunhofer to commercialize this technology and to build this the first hundred megawatt plant. So we've got us we've got the land in Saxony, Germany. That's the first project, hundred megawatts of uh, this these kind of batteries. Uh, and we should, you're correct, uh, we should uh, announce a DFS uh, by the end of the year. So two DFSs this year and presumably a construction decision and financing also in the first half of next year. Well, it's all subject to finance, but uh, there is a lot of interest. Uh, we've also started the grant application in the EU. Um, we are talking to various banks in Europe for the, the debt component. And then there will be an equity component as well. So the, the product we'll produce is actually a 60 kilowatt battery 
Uh, we put 18 of these into a C container type uh, configuration so that we can deliver to site without any installation on site. Uh, you virtually can drop this battery on the back of a truck, deliver it to site, and uh, plug and play, and suddenly you've got one megawatt of uh, battery capacity connected to your grid. So the, the whole idea is it's very easy to install, and then obviously you've got all the benefits, like it's uh, totally fireproof, uh, it's double the life of the battery, and it can operate in the very cold climates. Is there a risk that you've got two kind of mega projects going on at the same time? You've got two DFSs, two constructions, two um, permits, two finance requirements, two build schedules. You know, um, how, how, how do you manage that? Yeah, so we've got uh, separate teams. So we've we got two subsidiaries in Germany. One is the Altec Battery GmbH, which manages the Serenity battery. And in that subsidiary, we've got the Fraunhofer people, uh, the joint venture people. We've got all the engineering people that operates there. The Salubina Anode is in a separate subsidiary. We have a whole bunch of different people that manages uh, that project as well. And and you are correct, uh, but the opportunity for the Serenity battery came along and uh, really uh, we thought very exciting technology. We, we should also develop that. So um, those two projects are, are developing. But I, I just want to add that the market that we are focused on is the grid storage market for the Serenity battery project. I don't know uh, the, whether you're aware that the grid storage battery market is a nascent market and it's expected to grow at 28% year on year. Uh, and, and the forecast is that there's nearly about $150 billion, uh, to be spent by 2035 uh, right around the world because as the world shifts uh, for this green transition. So you, you, you can see all these solar plants being built uh, as power stations. The problem with that is that during the day when the sun is shining, you're generating power, but at night... When the sun's not shining, uh, you, you don't generate power. So this is a problem. And the solution for that is grid storage batteries. So our batteries connected to the grid will uh, resolve that energy, uh, that intermittent um, power generation problem. So essentially during the day, you can charge these batteries. And then at night, you can discharge the batteries and uh, still produce that power uh, consistently over 24 hours. And they call that energy shifting, uh, but that's really the, uh, the solution for the green transition uh, as people are building more, more and more solar plants and more wind farms. When I look at the market capitalization of the company, around 115 million dollars Aussie so kind of 80 odd million 85 million US you know if I, if I look to the future and I see you're delivering kind of commercial batteries on the big scale I I have got some kind of idea in my head that it's a valuable um, company and that the share price should go up because uh, your business proposition is good but there are steps in between which is the kind of the commercialization and the execution uh, I wonder can you tell me what are the what should I be looking out for in terms of the de-risking milestones? I mean, uh, you know, what are the value catalysts that you can point to on a kind of a concrete 
basis that you're expecting over the next six to nine months? Yeah, so so generally your market cap reflects on the general status of the market and we understand the uh, general status of the market is not very good at the moment. But the fact that we could raise 15.8 million in this market uh, shows that there is support for companies like us. We've got a total of 7,500 shareholders. We've built that up over the years from 400. So we have got very good daily liquidity. So that uh, that shows the support. And um, as we, as I've said to you before, we concentrate on on doing the work. The the, the macro factors have you can't control those ma- uh, macro factors. If you can concentrate on doing and uh, building that project, then the the value will come at some stage. Uh, so. The most important thing is that we have enough money to carry on and to 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 complete these two projects to DFS uh, and then start to look at funding. So uh, I'm less concerned about where the current market cap is versus you know twelve months ago. Uh, before we announced the the raising, I mean we were at nine and a half cents. We we had to get the raising done at seven cents. So that essentially, that's just the. Uh, the legacy of that raising at seven cents. So you know we'll recover and uh, and the and the value will will uh, will follow as we we hit those milestones. So if you talk about milestones, completion of the DFS, we are looking at an offtake uh, partner for all the batteries that we produce. Uh, essentially, looking at a uh, a utility company that is putting on seven to eight gigawatts of uh, renewable energy. Uh, online and they need batteries, so they they they're happy to use lithium batteries, they're happy to use redox flows, and they're happy to use our batteries. So we're looking to get a five-year offtake with one company uh, for all the batteries we produce for the first five years, and uh, and hopefully also to to fix the price so that that will help with the financing out of that. In the long term, um, we are looking to then move to towards a gigafactory, so a much much bigger factory. Um, Hundred megawatts really is a, it's it is a quite a small factory, but it's really a, a demonstration project. Uh, and then we we look at going towards uh, a three to four gigawatt type style uh, plant. So that's where we start to scale up. And can that all be done in the plot in the land space you've got in Saxony? Uh, no, not the current land space, but we are talking to the authorities to look at uh, potential uh, land around us so that we can then now start to, uh, you know, start to do the work on the gigafactory. Iggy, thank you very much um, for the update. We we haven't actually addressed the news release that you put out this morning, um, which was the start of the permitting process. Uh, why did you feel the need to to kind of put that out as a separate news item? Well, as as you know, uh, one of the risks around projects is permitting, the time frame for permitting and getting environmental approval. So the way you manage that is to do a lot of that upfront. So we've been talking to the authorities. We've submitted the application for the permits and then environmental approvals. Uh, and what we reported was that Instead of uh, that going to the federal government, which uh, normally happens uh, because of the, the the risks, the low risk that's involved, essentially it's just a, a manufacturing plant. 
the local authorities or the inter uh, ministries have decided whether the approval process will take place at the state level. So that changes the, the time frame of approvals for a project the, from a state level to the federal level. So I, we thought that was a significant achievement uh, and um, it, it means that the, the approval process will be much quicker at the state level. And, you know, down the track, we hopefully we can announce when the, the the plant is approved, we can actually start constructing the the plant subject to finance. Uh, what we don't what we don't want to do is to get finance and find that we're not ready to to go in construction because we're waiting for some uh, approvals. Good, uh, that will make sense. Iggy, thanks very much for the update. Uh, go get them. Let's let's have a look at these two yeah. feasibility studies, and we'll get some idea of the numbers and the quantum around capex and. Um, what next year will look like. Yep. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again.